Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We begin our Major League Baseball season preview with the uh, AL and NL East. We're also going to talk March Madness, maybe a little football, if we have the time. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new Sports Stove Podcast, and great to have you with us today as we dive into the Major League Baseball season preview. My house is extra quiet these days because my kids are with my dad. Dad, how you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Having a great time with the boys. Yeah, you know, I've got the dogs down here with me to keep them hopefully quiet since if they were upstairs by themselves, they'd probably bark at whatever happened upstairs. So uh, other than than that, it's been pretty quiet around here. And of course, we got the big uh, baseball season getting ready to, to kick off. We've got fantasy baseball drafts coming up. Uh, each of the next couple of weeks and a lot of things happening in the baseball world. Of course, basketball as well. We'll get to March Madness in a minute. There's been plenty of uh, things going on there as well. Uh, and then, of course, a little bit of NFL things that if we have time, we'll cover also. I do want to remind people, though, to make sure you're tuning in to the Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live show every Sunday at 8 p.m. It's on Belly Up Fantasy's Facebook and Twitter pages as well as on Belly Up TV. And next Sunday will be the live draft. Uh, it will be uh, on, I believe, YouTube and then Belly Up Fantasy um, Twitter and Facebook. It won't be on Belly Up TV next week because of time constraints. Uh, but uh, we've got that going down. We've got player rankings and all that kind of stuff. You can always find the Belly Up Fantasy Baseball uh, show on podcast too. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Spreaker, and whatnot from there also. All right, Dad, let's get into our Major League Baseball. You said it wouldn't happen until June. It's going to happen in April. Uh, oh, yeah. Is it pretty good about the baseball season ahead? Yeah, that's it's a good it's a good thing. It's good for baseball. I think, you know, hopefully it'll be a good year again. You know, baseball, to me, is always different with all the free agents and, you know, all the moving around from teams to teams. We've talked about that. But uh, hopefully it'll make for very, um, you know, very good competition and it'll be a, a good baseball season. Hopefully maybe the lower teams won't be as low and there'll be good competition down the line. And I'm uh, looking forward to it. I'll tell you, Dad, I think the lower teams are going to be lower than normal this year. (laughs) Um, So I went through, I did all of my prep work for these preview shows um, this past week and kind of looked at the whole league, Uh, wanted to get kind of a a big picture view of it before we got into these divisions. And I got to tell you, man, there's some bad, bad teams this year. It'll be interesting (laughs) to see how it shakes out. But there's also some really good teams, and we find a lot of those teams in these East divisions. Let's start with the American League. Uh, East, and uh, that brings us to the Baltimore Orioles to get things started off. I talked about bad teams. This is one of them, although they probably should be better than they were last year. Um, let's kind of take a look at the lineup as it sits right now. Center fielder Cedric Mullins, first baseman Ryan Montcastle, uh, DH Trey Mancini, right fielder Anthony Santander, uh, left fielder Austin Hayes, shortstop Ramon Urias, second baseman Ragnet Odor, uh, catcher Robinson Carinos, and then third baseman Kelvin Gutierrez. I do need to say this, Dad. There is nothing more scary than baseball names. Uh, I am going to mispronounce a number of names, and I apologize to anyone that offends. Uh, but need to get that out of the way now because there's a lot of weird ones in baseball. Uh, Dad, that's the lineup for Baltimore. The, the pitching rotation 
is John Means, Jordan Lyons, uh, Jordan Lyles, excuse me, Bruce Zimmerman, Keegan Aiken, uh, Zach Lowther, and they've closer Tyler Wells. Uh, when it comes to catcher, they've got a prospect, uh, the number one prospect. He's going to come up at some point this summer. Uh, some are saying June, but uh, Adley Ruch- Ruchman, uh, Ruchman, I think is how you say that, uh, he will play a lot this season. There's big things on the horizon for him as well. But as far as opening day, uh, it looks like Carinos is going to be the guy there at catcher for Baltimore. Uh, let's start by talking about the team, Dad. What is there anything about this team that that makes you have positive uh, thoughts for Baltimore? Um, I mean, not as far as winning the division, like you said earlier. There, hopefully, Baltimore will be better than they were last year, and hopefully, they're they're heading up. You know, again with some young prospects and players, and uh, hopefully, they'll be able to be uh, much more competitive than they were. Can you be better? If your pitching staff is John Means, Jordan Lyles, Bruce Zimmerman, Keegan Aiken, and Zach Lowther? That's a good question. Probably probably not, but, um, you know, maybe they'll be able to make some moves. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, in, you know, in today's baseball, you know, if you don't have the pitching, you know, you can you can compete with a lot of other things, but um, that, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I think, I think batting sells tickets, which is what Baltimore needs, but – Pitching is what wins games, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they can do this year. Not a great staff, not horrible, but they're all average to below average, and that's going to be painful, especially when you're talking about this division. <laughs> the East division is is loaded. Um, let's do the win totals, and then we'll come back to fantasy thoughts on Baltimore Orioles. Uh, last year, the team won 52 wins. This year, the over-under is set at 61.5 wins. Do you go over or under 61.5 wins for the Orioles? I would go over. Not much, but hopefully they they will be improved and maybe can get you know above 60, 61 there, at least a few. All right, so you're talking about maybe a 10-plus 10, 10 wins more than last year in that case. I'll go with the under the 61.5. Baltimore, again, that division is so absolutely stacked, and we'll continue to talk about that here uh, coming up. But uh, at the end of the day, Dad, we don't care about the Baltimore Orioles in real life. What we do care about is the fantasy value and what players we can get. Now, there are obviously some obvious guys here, but uh, who do you like fantasy-wise from this Baltimore lineup? Well, like I said, you know, you, you have a, a obvious one with Mullins, seems to be very highly regarded. A guy who last year really helped me in fantasy and was a little bit of a surprise was Mancini. Um, he did well, and maybe he'll have a good year again um, from there. I know he, he, you know, he, he was a good above average player fantasy wise, um, getting points as the year went along. And like I said, the pitching staff was not strong means is probably the best one of the bunch. Um, but, um, that, you know, not a lot of fantasy people in Baltimore to start with. You know, you talked about the catcher that may come up. And yeah. again, you know, any of these teams that are the lowest in their division, they're, they're always good to keep an eye on them because they can have somebody, uh, come up or bring somebody up that, that, you know, can be a help fantasy wise. Yeah, I mean, the top four in the lineup, Mullins, Moncastle, Mancini, and Santander are all relatively decent fantasy players. Um, after that, you got of Austin Hayes, some people like. I, I'm not a fan of his. Odor at second base, he doesn't give you any flexibility when it comes to positions. Uh, but if you're desperate at second base, he can give you some power. His batting average is horrendous uh, from there. Any pitchers? that you're looking at for Baltimore? I can't, for me, no, but, but do you have any pitchers you like? No, like I said, means is ranked where, you know, maybe if you need a guy real late, um, you'd look at him, but probably not the best to, to look at Baltimore for pitching. Yeah. For me, it's, it's as the season goes on and they're on the waiver wire, um, something good starts to happen. Then I go out and get them. Uh, other than that, uh, definitely not. How, how early do you go for a guy like Rutschman, the, the catcher that's coming up, uh, even though he's not on the, on the, you know, team right now, is he a guy that you even consider drafting or is he a guy you're going to wait and see? Probably I would wait and see. I doubt if I would draft him again, you know, especially in the one league, we don't have a lot of teams. So there's a lot of players to yeah. draft it. He's just the kind of guy you have to keep your eye on. Um, and when you see him coming up or you see reports of him coming up, then you have to see where your team is and how early you want to take a chance. 
Yep, that's the Baltimore Orioles. Dad says they go over 61.5 wins. I'll go under on that one as well. Next up is the Boston Red Sox. Boston, their lineup sits currently looking like this. Center fielder Enrique Hernandez. Third baseman Rafael Devers. uh, Shortstop Xander Bogarts. DH, J.D. Martinez. Second baseman Trevor Story. Left fielder Alex Verdugo. uh, First baseman Bobby Dahlback. Catcher Christian Vasquez right fielder Jackie Bradley Jr. Their current pitching rotation, keep in mind Chris Sale, James Paxton, both injured to start the season. So their five-man rotation is Nathan Ivaldi, Nick Pavetta, Tanner Houck, Michael Waka, and Rich Hill. Closer will be Matt Barnes to start the season. Uh, What about this crew? You add Trevor Story to the lineup. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. comes back after one year in Milwaukee. Bobby Dahlback, Verdugo, younger guys that are working their way up through as well. What do you like about this about this uh, Boston Red Sox? Well, Boston, Boston was a surprise a little bit last year, and um, I think they have a chance to be really good. You know, it may be it may have a lot to do with those two pitchers, like you said, that are out right now. Once they get back. Now again, this is going to be a tough division. All three of the teams, you know, above them are going to are going to be really good or have potential to be. Um, but Boston could be real competitive here, and uh, you know, pitching will be the thing. Can they keep them? Can they keep them in the hunt until they get those two guys back? When they get those two guys back, will they be able to really make a difference? You know, coming back from injury there. But um, I think the Red Sox. You know, hopefully the Red Sox will be very competitive. Yeah, when I realized Michael Walker and Rich Hill were the four and five pitchers, uh, it shows the depth that they have there, especially when Chris Sale comes back. Chris Sale should be back relatively soon, uh, but a good chance he won't be completely healthy to start the season. Uh, I'm not sure about Paxton when he comes back, but um, in Paxton, he had his day a couple of years ago that he was good, really good. Uh, but you know, what are you going to get from him when he comes back as well? We look at the lineup though. Enrique Hernandez is an interesting guy, center fielder. I believe he has positional, um, options, not just center field, outfield in, in, uh, fantasy baseball. But, uh, you know, you got the, the standard guys of, uh, Devers and Bogarts, JD Martinez. You add Trevor Story to the lineup. Story plays second base, which should open up some positional options for him too, where now he might be eligible shortstop and second base. Gives you a little flexibility with him as well. Do you think Trevor Story being added, uh, if let's talk fantasy for a second, is good for his fantasy value, good or bad for Trevor Story versus uh, where he was with Colorado? Well, I mean, obviously Colorado's place where you know you're gonna you know hit the long ball a little better, but no, I, I think he'll be good at Boston. I think when you look at that lineup, um, you know they ought to pitch to him. You know, some no doubt about that because you got other good hitters, and anytime you have that, that that helps a good hitter when you're four or five deep. You know, um, with with good hitters, so I I would think Story would have potential to have a really good year. Uh, what do you like fantasy wise with this lineup? Um, of course, you got the obvious guys. The other guy that, that we talked about, I know, before the year last year, and he was kind of off and on, but hopefully I'll have a good year as Verdugo. Um, he, he should be an outfielder. That is, you need an outfielder later in, in the draft. He's a guy to keep on your list. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, a lineup like that, as loaded as it is, uh, it's set up for Verdugo to have a good year. Same with Bobby Dahlbeck, who's kind of underwhelmed to this point as a first baseman. Uh, there's options there. I'll tell you right now, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a do not draft, do not add in free agency, do not add up the waiver wire. Uh, good, very good defensive player, but fantasy value for Jackie Bradley Jr. doesn't make any sense whatsoever uh, from there as well. Who's your favorite pitcher fantasy-wise from Boston? Um, well, it would be sale when he's there. No doubt about that. I, like you said, was you was reading off the pitchers. Waka kind of jumped out at me like, oh yeah, well, they got him. That's good. And Hill at certain times for certain teams has been real good. So, um, probably, you know, just see who does well in that. I agree. Boston Red Sox last year did surprise. They won 92 games this year. Their win total is set at 87 which might be a little bit more manageable than um, reaching that 92 mark again. Over or under 87 wins, Boston Red Sox? Um, Let's go over. Again, I think they'll be right there at it, but uh, I think Boston will do well, so I would go with over. 
All right, I'm going to go under again. So we're going to split both of these. Uh, Boston, I just, in my opinion, when we're getting ready to look at these next three teams, I think those, you know, the Yankees played so bad last year. Um, Toronto underachieved last year too, and that helped Boston. And Boston was good, no doubt about it. Still are good, but I'm going to go under 87 wins this year. Uh, on to the New York Yankees. Uh, their lineup is as stacked as ever. Anthony Rizzo, first base, right fielder Aaron Judge, left fielder Joey Gallo, DH Giancarlo Stanton, third base Josh Donaldson, second base Glabar, uh, Glabar Torres, center fielder Aaron Hicks, shortstop projected starting shortstop as Isaiah Kiner, Falefa, and then catcher Ben Rortbet. And I know I'm saying that wrong. That leaves DJ LeMayhew as the utility guy off the bench, Dad, as it sits currently. That's what it's looking like it's going to be. DJ LeMahieu not even in the regular rotation, which is surprising to some degree there as well. The pitching rotation, Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez, and Jamison Talon. Uh, Domingo German is injured, starting the season injured. Zach Britton as well, starting the season injured. Closer, Aroldis, Aroldis Chapman uh, there for New York as well. New York has the big payroll. They have a powerful lineup. What do you like or dislike about this team? Um, again, I think where they're going to get hurt this year is they're in a tough division. They've got a couple other teams that can play with them. They saw that last year, of course, you know, with Tampa. And um, I, I, I think the Yankees could underachieve a little bit. Like I said, when they look at their lineup, boy, I mean, they've got guys that have really been have really been good. The question is, how good will they be? This year, I don't think the Yankees will be horrible by any stretch, but I don't know that they're the favorite. I know last year, you know, we looked at it and said, oh, the Yankees are the American League team. We're definitely not saying that this year, I don't think. They're not far off, though, Dad. Uh, I mean, you're talking about Rizzo back. They got him, you know, last year midseason. Joey Gallo back. They got him last year midseason. Josh Donaldson, brand new to the team. Uh, you got LeMayhew or Kiner Falefa there kind of rotating in and out as well, a new catcher there, uh, good good pitching staff overall as well. Uh, this team is as dangerous as ever, I think. And the thing you got to look at with the Yankees is health. Uh, Aaron Judd, Stanton, uh, Cole, you know, all those guys got to stay healthy. Josh Donaldson, though, is a big addition to this team and should really help them out. Let's look fantasy value. Um, you know, you could, if you want to add some best you can, but I want to talk kindly about kind of about Stanton, uh, and judge kind of where you look at them in the grand scheme of things is they've had issues staying healthy. Stanton especially has gone and gone up and down in value as well. So wh- what kind of fantasy value do you place on judge and Stanton? Well, I, I think judge in my mind, you have to keep up at the top just because of the potential there. You could say that with Stanton, but to me, I wouldn't go after him quite at the top where I probably would have had before. Um, You'll just see. I don't think he'll drop very far. I don't think you'd want to let him drop real far. But um, I think Judge will have to be one of the top players. Uh, Stanton, I'd probably be a little careful about, depending on who else I have a chance to choose. Yeah, and adding the DH, our leagues that we are in, both added DHs this year. We did not have those in the past. Um, So that makes Stanton a little bit easier to draft, I'd say, uh, now that you don't have to kind of waste them, I guess, on on an outfield position as there's a lot of value at outfield. Uh, Fantasy Pros, Dad, has Aaron Judge ranked number 10 in the outfield behind, of course, the normal people, but also Louis Robert from Chicago, uh, Alvarez from Houston, and Sterling Marte at the Mets. Um, Surprised to see Judge behind especially Marte and maybe even Alvarez also. But they also have guys like Mullins, Hernandez, uh, Castellanos, all behind Aaron Judge, which makes sense to some degree there too. Uh, Garrett Cole, the only pitcher I'm interested in from the Yankees, at least from a drafting standpoint, um, you know, when I'm looking at higher draft picks and things like that. But after the spider tag situation, Cole's numbers even dipped a little bit last year. Do you trust Garrett Cole as a fantasy pitcher? Um, yeah, I mean, again, he's got to be one of the main guys you can look at. I don't think he'd be the top guy I would pick, but you, again, you know, if you pick a little later on in the first, second round, he's probably a guy you gotta, you gotta take a shot at if you get him. If you get him. Who would be the first pitcher you take off the board? Um, probably Burns, but I would have, but I would have to look there. There's a couple there that, that, you know, 
um, have great potential, no doubt about that. Uh, Burns would be real close, and um, yeah, I mean you got yeah, Coles, Burns, Scherzer, Degrom, Otani, uh, yeah. those kind of guys at the top of the list for most people yeah. as well. Uh, let's see here, uh, Glabar Torres, second baseman this year, shortstop as well. Um, is he a guy that you like fantasy wise or no? Well, I, yeah, I was interested when I looked at the Yankees, I saw these names, you know, four guys that in the past you would have thought, Oh man, I got to go get them if I can. Now, you know, you don't know, are they going to be, you know, um, is Tor, there was a time when Torres, you looked at him or I did as one of the top players to go after, um, is he going to be that good again? I've always liked Gallo. I've had him on my team for a lot of years. Um, and, you know, he has great potential to hit the long ball. But, again, he's had trouble with health. Uh, Donaldson is probably, like I said, really good. There was a time when he was one of the top third basemen. And Rizzo, Rizzo was there. I picked him last year and let him go pretty quick because it, it just, you know, didn't work. So I think those four guys – um, again, if you get to a spot where you're drafting and, and they're the next best guy, they're in, in the, their position, then yes, you probably take them. But I don't know if you would jump over just because you don't know how, how they're going to do. And that probably affects the Yankees. If three out of those four guys have banner years, Yankees may have a banner year. Um, but again, what, it, you know, what, what if they don't? What if there is injury things? What if they aren't what they used to be? A uh, little, little bit of question with those four. Yeah, Gallo, I'm glad that other people like Gallo as they'll take him and I can get guys that I want instead. Uh, not a Gallo guy, especially fantasy value uh, that way. The Yankees last year won 92 games. And this year, their win total set at the exact same number, 92 wins for the Yankees. You sound down on the Yankees this year, over or under 92 wins? Um, I'm going under on them. I th- I don't think they'll have as good a year, and I think part of it is because of the competition. So, The pitching scares me in New York, but I, they had such a bad start last year that I assume they're going to play better from the get-go this year. So for that reason, I'll take the over for the Yankees, 92 wins uh, there as well. Uh, let's move on to the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, let's see here. This team had a stellar year last year, winning a hundred games. Their lineup as it sits project projected right now, second baseman, Brandon Lau, shortstop, Wander Franco, DH, Austin Meadows, left fielder, Randy Arozarena, first baseman, G-Man Choi, third baseman, Yandy Diaz, catcher, Mike Zunino, right fielder, Manuel Margot, and center fielder, Kevin Kiermeyer. Their pitching rotation, Tyler Glasnow is injured, will not start the season in the rotation. So their five is Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Corey Kluber, Ryan Yarborough, and Louis Patino with their closer is Andrew Kittredge. Uh, Dad, this team was uh, amazing last year. Can they repeat? Um, I. I, ho- I think they'll be real good again. Again, they were a lot of fun to watch last year because we talked about they were a team that didn't have necessarily the big superstar name. Um, they seemed to play well, play well as a team, and I wouldn't see any reason why they wouldn't be very competitive um, again and maybe even win the division. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know, I look at the pitching staff and think that's not going to do the trick, especially against lineups like New York uh, and even Boston and Toronto. Uh, you know, I, I like their their team as a whole, I think, but I don't think they can have near the success they had last year, um, in, in my opinion. Looking at the fantasy value, their top four batters, Lau, Franco, Meadows, and Arroz Arena are all guys that I'd be willing to draft. But after that, I'm not drafting a single Ray off that that batting lineup. How do you feel about that? Um, well, I think I think Tampa Bay is one of those teams you keep a, an eye on, and yeah. probably third week in the season you do pick up at least one of them, uh, depending on how they do. And I think that's probably how you look at Tampa Bay. You're right, the top four. I mean, you take a chance on some of them without a doubt. Um, after that, I think Tampa's a team you keep an eye on, and if they take off playing well, you look at who's who's doing well for them. And I think, you know, you, you end up cycling through several Tampa Bay guys during the year potentially. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I love G-Man Choi. He is a, so much fun to watch. He's a blast at first base. Uh, hits the ball well, but not well enough to be your first baseman. He's a guy that is a waiver wire pickup. 
that you can add throughout the season, drop, add, drop, add as the season goes on, as he's hitting a hot streak, whatever it may be. I've been burned by Yandy Diaz enough, not going to that well again. Uh, but guys like Margot and Kermeyer are guys that maybe are going to start doing something this season. You definitely want to keep an eye on them. On the pitching staff, I like Tyler Glasnow, but he starts the year injured. Outside of that, I'm already past Corey Kluber. I'm not going back there either. Um, what do you like about the the pitching staff, fantasy-wise, from Tampa? Well, you know, like I said, McClanahan, I think, is one. You get to a point where you need a pitcher. Also, and I may not have heard the pronunciation right, or maybe you didn't name him as a starter, but I've I've seen some stuff where they like this. Is it Baz, B-A-C? Um, yeah, I, I think they have him coming out of the bullpen this year. Okay. Um, I, I know some people say, you know, he, you know, he, he'll be in the starting rotation before long. So again, you know, he might be one of your last pitchers if you're, when you're in a league with deep, deep pitching. Last year, Tampa won a hundred games. The over under this year set at 89 and a half. What do you think about that one? 89 and a half. I would go over. I think they'll do well again and uh, maybe not as well as last year, but I, I will go over on that. Yeah, again, I'm looking at this division, and we've, we've disagreed on all these so far. I'm going to disagree with you on this one, too. I'm going to go under the 89.5. I don't think they'll be far off of that number, uh, mid-80s maybe, but I just think there's too much competition this year, and I've got to think teams like the Yankees and Toronto are going to play better than they did throughout the season last year, and for that reason, it's going to be harder for Tampa to get those wins. So I'm going to go under 89.5 from there. But uh, that manager has done a phenomenal job in Tampa, to make things work down there. Uh, last one in the division, Toronto Blue Jays, the team from up north. Um, they've got a interesting lineup. George Springer, center fielder. Shortstop, Bo Bichette. First baseman, Vlad Guerrero. Right fielder, Teoscar Hernandez. Left fielder, Lourdes Gardiel. Third baseman, they brought in Matt Chapman, D.H. Alejandro Kirk. Second baseman, Kevin Biggio. And catcher, Danny Jansen. They're five in their pitching rotation. Jose Barrios, Kevin Gossman, uh, Yuan Jin Rayu, Alec Manoa, and Yesai, Yesai Kikuchi, I think is how you say that name. Closer, Jordan uh, Romero, or Romano, excuse me, there as well. Dad, I, I thought this team underachieved at 91 wins last year. Can this lineup put it together this year? I mean, it sure looks like it. When you look at the team and, and you look at the talent they have, um, you know, they will definitely be underachieving if they, if they do worse than last year. Um, they have the team there. People are excited about it. And um, I, I would, Toronto has a chance to be the best team in that division, no doubt about it, just looking on paper. Yeah, I like six of the, of the nine guys in the starting order. Uh, I'm not a fan of Lourdes Goriel. I'm not a fan of Alejandro Kirk, and I'm not a fan of Danny Jansen, but uh, Biggio, Chapman, Hernandez, Guerrero, Bichette, and Springer, I like all those guys. And some other guys are down on Springer more so than I am, but I I just think last year was a bad year for them. I expect them to bounce back this year. And then, again, you look at those pitchers, you know, the top three uh, are pretty good. The bottom two, the fourth guy, okay. I don't know anything much about the fifth, so – um, you look at the pitching staff, though, I think they're okay there as well. Um, how much will they have to deal with political issues as far as playing at home, crowds, those COVID you know, mandates and things like that is still a little bit of an issue in Toronto, uh, Canada, just coming through as, as that nation these days. But, um, you know, let's talk fantasy value so we can keep it moving. Fantasy value with this team. Like I said, I like six guys on this order. What about you? Yes, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, those are all guys that I think you want to you know go after early and take a chance with. I agree Springer's one of those guys that can be really good um, from there, no doubt about it. And the pitching staff should be good. It's interesting because at least a couple of them are from other teams, so you never know quite how that's going to go, even though it shouldn't make a lot of difference. Um, Gosman, of course, was a giant last year, had a surprising year. So, boy, if he does anything – like he did there. Uh, Barrios has always been pretty good, sometimes a little up and down. And um, so, you know, I, I, there's potential to just be very good. Uh, Vlad Guerrero, first fancy player off the board in your eyes? Uh, I've read where that's the case, and a lot of them I would have to. I'm look- asking what you read. I'm asking what you would do. 
I don't know that I've looked at all of them down the line, but yes, I don't. I probably wouldn't pass him up. Yeah, I mean, Juan Soto is going first in most people's book. Trey Turner is towards the top of the list as well. Um, I would think I would take Vlad Guerrero over Soto. Turner would be the question mark for me, but I think I'm, I think I'm still taking Guerrero over Turner. I don't know if I'll get the first first pick we have, uh, uh, but uh, nonetheless, we'll see see how all that shakes out there as well uh, from that team. 91 wins last year. The win total set at 91 wins again this year. Over or under 91 wins? I'll go over just a little bit on that. So I'll take that. I think they're going to be good. We finally agree. I go over as well with Toronto there. Let's move to the National League uh, because I still want to talk basketball and we're already halfway through the show. So we'll see what we can get done here. Uh, Atlanta Braves, the lineup, right fielder Eddie Rosario, second baseman Ozzie Albies, First baseman, Matt Olson. Left fielder, Marcella Zunia. Third baseman, Austin Riley. Center fielder, Adam Duvall. Shortstop, Dansby Swanson. The DH, Alex Dickerson. And the center, Travis Dearnod. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. will be back, but he'll start the season injured. The starting five, Mike Soroka is injured. Uh, so the five pitchers are Max Freed, Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, Waskar, you know, and Tucker Davidson, the closer, Kenley Jansen, uh, there for the Braves. Braves underachieved. The entire NL East underachieved last year. Uh, but the Braves ended up, even though they underachieved in the regular season, took care of business in the postseason. Uh, this team, a repeat NL champions or uh, not quite good enough to, to do that? Uh, I don't think it's a given that they will. They, I think they are a good team, but I think they're going to battle with a couple other teams there in the division. <laughs> So I, I don't know that it would be a given. And uh, as I did some checking around this week, I think that down in the nation of the Braves there, there's a lot of question about why they let the first baseman go. Well, yeah, Freddie Freeman is, you know, he's a centerpiece there in Atlanta for so many years. They replace him. They do a pretty good job of replacing them, though, with Matt Olson. That, that's if you're going to lose Freddie Freeman, you know, I, I like Freeman better than Olson personally, but. You look at the stats, they're not that far off. Matt Olson's a very good offensive first baseman as well. And I think it hurts a little bit of the morale. But, I mean, you know, when you're looking at building this team, keeping it young, uh, it makes sense in that 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 case to move on from Freddie Freeman. I'm surprised they did it. But, you know, Atlanta will Atlanta every now and then. What about yep. that pitching staff, Dad? Uh, Ian Anderson, I really like him. He's young. Charlie Morton, I greatly dislike. I, I, I won't touch Charlie Morton with a 10-foot pole. Uh, he's still an important piece of that puzzle. And, and as long as Soroka is still out, that's going to be a problem, I feel, for Atlanta. Yes, I, I think there's some question, like I said, with the injuries and people out. I've always been a little higher on Morton um, than you have. But, um, yeah, I, their pitching staff could be a question. Yeah, you've been higher on Morton because you've known him longer than I have. He's been around since you were a teenager. So uh, <laughs> it makes sense that you would like him more than I would. Uh, I like Waskar, you know, as well. Uh, and Ian Anderson, I like the back end of that staff. Um, I'm just so anti-Charlie Morton, it's hard for me to get over. Uh, let's do quickly some fantasy value on this team. Um, you know, We already talked about Olsen a little bit. Albies is one of the top second basemen in there. But to be honest with you, Dad, I'm not a fan really of anybody else in this lineup other than Ronald Acuna, who's not going to start the season. Uh, but he should be back pretty soon. I'm just not a fan of the other guys. Travis Darnard's a decent catcher to have around if you don't get one of the top guys. But, uh, you know, Riley, I, I know a lot of people are high on Riley. I'm not anti-Riley. I'm also just not, I got to get Austin Riley. I think Riley will be a surprise. I think he's one that you can definitely take a chance on, and I think he could be one of the bright spots fantasy-wise. Yeah, he definitely has a chance to do that. He's ranked as the number four uh, third baseman and in that area uh, around different people. The, the fantasy world is very high on Austin Riley this year. I think that's kind of why I'm a little lower on him. I think he's being overvalued, and in the end, you might be able to get better talent by passing on Austin Riley. But a lot of people do like him. I like Albies. I've had him for a while in the keeper league. Um, he provides a steady, steady role there at second base as well. Let's talk quickly about Dansby Swanson, though. Shortstop, um, good person, uh, good defensive shortstop. But fantasy wise, 
He's a guy that I go to on the waiver wire and grab every year for a little bit and then drop again. Is there any reason why you should draft Dansby Swanson? Um, no, he seems like a guy that when you know you need a shortstop, he's one that always comes up and down. And that's been interesting because I lived in Tennessee when he was at Vanderbilt and he was going to be the next most you know greatest thing there's ever come out. And so he's underachieved from what um, the expectations were, at least there in the Vanderbilt area. But he's still, you know, he's still a good solid player. Yeah, he is. And again, this team finally uh succeeded in the postseason this year and congratulations to Atlanta they had 88 wins last year dad the win total this year's up to to 90 90 wins for Atlanta do you think over or under I think under um I think they you know they'll, they'll do well but I I would go under on them yeah uh it's I'm with you <laughs> I I like the team as a whole but there's enough gaps there and we'll get to these other teams in the division that are going to be tougher so i go under as well next up is the miami marlins uh um, 67 wins last year second baseman chaz chisholm left fielder jorge soler dh garrett cooper right fielder abisail garcia center fielder jesus sanchez first baseman jesus aguilar third baseman brian anderson catcher jacob stallings shortstop miguel rojas uh, I love their pitching staff. Sixto Sanchez is injured, uh, and we'll start the season there. The five pitching, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, Eleazar Hernandez, and Jesus Luzardo, the closer, Dylan Floro. Not big on him. Um, Dad, this offense is putrid in Miami. Do you, is there anything positive about this this batting lineup? Uh, no, no, there there really isn't. When you look at the players, like I said, the pitching staff is a strength there, no doubt about it. And um, you know, Miami could be in a tough time. Yeah, they bring in right fielder Avi Garcia, who played in Milwaukee, split time in Milwaukee, had a great year last year for the Brewers. He comes over, though, and he's going to be an important piece of this offense. And I'm not sure that that's his role. I think his role is more of that, like, number six guy or the number two two batter that, uh, you know, gives you a lot. But to have him as cleanup and depend on him so much scares me a little bit there. I love Jesus Aguilar. He's like G-Man Choi in Tampa. Uh, a lot of personality, a uh, fun guy to watch, a good, you know, average first baseman. That, but you can get him on the waiver wire. Um, which Miami Marlins players are you willing to draft that are not pitchers? Um, there aren't anybody that's not pitchers that I would look at early, no doubt about that, and probably would keep an eye in the first couple of weeks about picking somebody up maybe, but pitchers is what you look at fantasy-wise with the Marlins. Yeah, the Jazz Chisholm is a guy that some people like. He's not good. Uh, he's going to hurt you if you draft him. Um, his batting average is putrid, uh, not great, strikes out. Uh, doesn't give you enough anywhere else. But the pitchers I do like. I like the top three, Alcantara, Lopez, and Rodgers. I'm a fan of all three of those guys. Definitely willing to draft those guys. Their wins last year, 67. Their win total this year, up 10. The 77 wins for the Marlins. Uh, over, under, 77 wins. I would go under. I don't think they'll be up that much. Yep, I'm with you on that one as well. Let's keep it moving. New York Mets. Uh, up next, the New York Mets center fielder, Brandon Nemo, right fielder, Starling Marte, uh, shortstop, Francisco Lindor, first baseman, Pete Alonzo, D.H. Robinson Cano, third baseman, Eduardo Escobar, second baseman, Jeff McNeil, left fielder, Mark Canna, and catcher, James McCann. Uh, Taiwan Walker will start on the injured list. The five pitchers are DeGrom, Sturzer, Chris Bassett, Carlos Carrasco, Tyler McGill, Closer, Edwin Diaz. This team only won 77 games last year, Dad. Greatly underachieved. I'm on record as already saying this is going to be a much improved team this year. Francisco Lindor will have a bounce back season. Pete Alonso will be very good. Uh, guys like Marte and Escobar are going to add a lot offensively. And then, of course, the pitching staff is absolutely loaded for the Mets this year. What are your thoughts on the Mets? Yeah, I, I, they should be much better than they were. They should definitely be contenders in this league, um, you know, maybe if not the favorite. And, um, again, you never know. You never know how they're going to put it together. But, the, you know, they've definitely got the talent. And um, I, I think they, I agree with you. They should be much improved. 
DeGrom's big issue, best pitcher in the league, his issue is injuries. He gets injured every single year. He misses a large portion of the season. They bring in Max Scherzer. They bring in Chris Chris Bassett as well. Um, can DeGrom last this year? Is he worth drafting high, or do you have to pass on him due to injury issues? Um, I think you have to draft him high and take a chance. I think you have to draft him high and take a chance because of you know the potential. He's really, really good. Francisco Lindor, one of the worst shortstops last year in fantasy uh, leagues. Do you trust him this year? Um, yeah, you don't pass him up for too long. He's probably not the first couple shortstops you take. But, yes, I think, again, he's a guy that you know, you're not hurting yourself probably to take a chance. He's definitely not one of the first you take. As a matter of fact, I'd have to look back at my rankings that we did on Fantasy Baseball Live, but um, he's in my top 10. But, I, yeah, I'm I'm scared of him. I feel like I'm hoping other people are scared of him too, and he'll be a good value pick as the draft goes on. We will see uh, from there. Uh, best pitcher to draft from the Mets, Scherzer or DeGrom? Um, Scherzer. Okay. I, yeah, I think health-wise, you have to go that way for Scherzer. Uh, hey, that's a good fantasy team name for Scherzer. Okay. Uh, New York Mets, 77 wins last year. The win total is set at 89.5 wins this year. New York Mets, 89.5 wins over under. Um, I'll go over, even though I think it's real close there at 89.5. It's probably about right on. All right. I was going to ask you if you thought they would win, uh, but we'll wait till after we do Philadelphia to talk about that. The Mets, 89 and a half. I lean over on the Mets, but I'm scared. So there it is. Uh, let's go to the Philadelphia Phillies. DH leading off Kyle Schwarber. I still can't believe he's going to be their leadoff batter. Left fielder Nick Castellanos. Right fielder Bryce Harper. Catcher JT Realmuto. First baseman, Reese Hoskins. Second baseman, Gene Segura. Shortstop, Didi Gregarious. Uh, third baseman, Alec Baum. Center fielder, Matt Vierling. Uh, their pitcher, Zach Eflin. Eflin is uh, injured. Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Kyle Gibson, Ranger Suarez, Bailey Falter, and the closer, Corey Kniebel, former Brewers closer, hasn't closed in a while, is Philadelphia's scheduled closer. Uh, Dad, a lineup that that makes people scared, but you're leading off Kyle Schwarber? That blows my mind. Yes, I, I talked to our, my Phillies insider this week to get ready for this, and um, he, he would agree with you on that. He thinks Schwarber's probably overhyped, uh, but uh, he and you know his friends and relatives are from Philly um, are very upbeat. They, they think you know, this team could do well. They think the pickup, especially with Castellanos, um, was a real help. And the lineup, um, you know, he thinks having more power in the lineup is going to help some of the other hitters a lot. And, um, you know, they're very upbeat. Pitching staff, not bad. Um, again, you know, some of them are going to have to step up a little bit. But it was funny. Yeah, he, he said, I think Schwarber is, is, is you know, overhyped. So. Okay. I don't mind Schwarber on the team. I just think leadoff doesn't make any sense. But the guy that I think this lineup helps the most is Gene Segura. I was down on Segura coming into the year, uh, even doing the rankings uh, in the fantasy baseball show. And uh, But adding what they've added in Castellanos and Schwarber, I think really helps Segura and his fantasy value out. So now he's a guy I would definitely consider that before I was looking to pass on. Um, yeah, Again, a stack lineup, Philadelphia, a good pitching staff as well. I uh, like their top three pitchers. Not a huge Ranger Suarez guy. Uh, other, I know Philly fans, a lot of Philly fans like Ranger Suarez. Um, I don't know anything about Bailey Falter. But um, this team, I, what worries me is the bullpen. It's one thing that area they did not really go and improve was the bullpen, and they did not have a good bullpen last year. So that worries me for sure. Dad, you're a big Nick Castellanos guy. Uh, how do you feel about him being on this team? I think it'll be a help. I think he is good. He's been good. I've liked him ever since when he was at Detroit, and I was lucky enough to get him at the end of his career there and have him in fantasy, and he was a real you know mainstay for me in Cincinnati, and I wouldn't see any reason why he wouldn't continue to be really good in Philly. No, I think he will be as well. Aaron Nola or Zach Wheeler? Wheeler had the better year last year. Who are you taking pitching-wise in Philadelphia? My insider said their best pitcher is Wheeler. Okay. So I'll go with that. So, and, and, and he won, 
and he was positive about Ranger Suarez. So I think, um, you know, when I get down to my last pitcher, I may keep an eye on that. All right. Uh, Ranger Suarez is fourth in the rotation. I don't like the draft guys fourth in the rotation, uh, but we'll <laughs> see. He can always have a good year. Philadelphia last year won 82 games. The over-under for Philadelphia this year, 87 games. Over-under 87 for Philadelphia. Uh, I'll go over with them. Yeah, the bullpen really, really scares me. I'm going to go over as well with Philadelphia, uh, but they are dangerously bad in the bullpen. I assume at some point in the season they'll do something to help out the bullpen. Uh, Dad, who do you have winning the division? I know we haven't got to Washington yet, but New York, Philadelphia, Atlanta, who you got winning the division? I would have New York looking at it right now. All right. I, I have enough fear over all these teams. I'm going to lean Philadelphia, but it wouldn't surprise me if New York does as well. Uh, let's close out the East with the Washington Nationals. Talk about bad teams, Dad. Here you go. A guy that might go number one overall in fantasy is on one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Yep. Their lineup currently sits second baseman Cesar, Cesar Hernandez, right fielder Juan Soto, designated hitter Nelson Cruz, first baseman Josh Bell, uh, catcher Kiebert Ruiz, left fielder Lane Thomas, shortstop Alcides Escobar, Third baseman, Mikhail Franco, center fielder, Victor Robles. Uh, Strasburg is injured. Joe Ross also injured. They're starting five pitchers. Patrick Corbin, Josiah Gray, pa- Paolo Apino, uh, Eric Fetty, I think it's how you say that, Annabelle Sanchez. Their closer, Kyle Finnegan. Uh, this team is horrendous. I'm willing to draft three guys uh, on this Washington Nationals team. How about yourself? I think we're losing. There we losing. go. I, I, I'm back. I had to solve a problem up here. So there we okay. go. Okay. <laughs> um, Washington Nationals, like I said, I think there's three guys, you know, you're looking at fantasy-wise. Soto, Cruz, who, again, for a DH is very good, and Bell. Um, but I don't think they're going to be a real good team. Yeah. Uh, see, you got my kids there, so their their devices are making noise. Uh, I know those noises very well. Um yeah, they're not good. I like Cesar Hernandez. I like Juan Soto. And I like the catcher, Dad, Kiebert Ruiz. And I hate doing these shows, the fantasy baseball show, and giving away all, all of my guys that I'm willing to reach for. But this is a guy uh, that I really like. I think he's going to bring some potential fantasy value for Washington. But, Dad, I'm staying away from all the pitchers. I don't like any of these pitchers for Washington. How about you? Yeah, no, I agree. Not, not looking for any pitchers there and not looking for much on Washington. Last year, they won 65 games. The win total this year is at 70 and a half games, over or under 70.5. I will go under. I think I'm with you. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one as well. Uh, again, I think Philadelphia, New York, Atlanta will all be good. Uh, Miami, Washington, boy, I'm just down on, on them uh, as well from there. All right, so there you go. That's the AL and NL East. Dad, you said the Mets in the NL, who's your AL East pick? Um, I would like for it to be Tampa, but I would have to say Toronto. I think it's between Toronto and New York. I'm going to lean Toronto as well. Um, uh, some of that is just out of hoping that it's not the Yankees. <laughs> so, so there's that as well. All right, Dad, let's talk a little bit about it. Next week we'll look at our um, Friday. We'll be doing the NL and AL Central Divisions. Uh, there as well. Dad, let's take a look at the uh, March Madness quickly before we end. Uh, Final four is set. North Carolina versus Duke. Villanova versus Kansas. Uh, Boy, Duke and Kansas and North Carolina. That's what we were really hoping for. How (laughs) sickening is that? Um, It's been a crazy, very, very crazy March Madness this year. St. Peter's run finally ends. Uh, I mean, when you look at this Final Four, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, like you said, it's not the teams that I would have necessarily wanted there. I think they're all good teams. They're all four playing very well right now. So I think the final four will be good because there are all four teams um, that have played well in a tournament and are playing well and probably played well going into the tournament. I guess. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not happy. Uh disgusting for sure. I, I hate to see it. Coach K passes John Wooden as the most final four appearances by a coach. Is Coach K the best college basketball coach ever? No. 
No, I still think John Wooden is, even though, you know, he got this record here. Uh, Coach K by far will be one of the best. Um, no doubt about that. Um, again, just, you know, um, a few things about Coach K I've, I've never been super big on. And, uh, but he, you know, he'll go down as one of the greatest coaches, no doubt about that. I don't think he surpassed John Wooden. Definitely not in my mind. But he's clearly number two, right? Uh, yes. I mean, I guess I'd have to think that through, but no, he, yeah, at least right off he is. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I mean, I think you can make the argument for him being the best ever, but, um, you know, total success, maybe so with the USA teams that he was able to coach and stuff too, but, uh, college basketball, you know, I wasn't around for John Wooden, but from what I've read and understand about him and the teams and everything like that, uh, definitely impressive. So, uh, I, I would, I, I think you at least have to have those two names at the top and I'm can't think of anybody off the top of my head that you can clearly state. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're he's better than coach K and better than John Wooden. Um, you know, they're good coaches, no doubt, but not to the success level that these guys have had, um, at the very least. And I'm trying to look at the other, um, the other guys on that list will point out some of the other great coaches as well. I know Tom Izzo's on that list. Uh, let's see here. So Mike Krzyzewski is 13 final four appearances, John Wooden, 12, Dean Smith, 11, Roy Williams, nine, Tom Izzo, eight. Um, you know, Dean Smith, you could argue, I guess up there as well, but I think K and, uh, and Wooden are the top two, in my opinion, at the very least. Okay. Okay. Uh, last thing, dad, NFL, uh, potential overtime changes in the rules. There's two current things that are gaining some steam, they're saying, in the NFL, according to ESPN. Um, one, there, so there's two options. Option one is both teams will always get an opportunity to control the ball in overtime. Option number two is that same idea, except for if the first team scores a touchdown and a two-point conversion, then that case the game would be over. Uh, NFL overtime rules, do you like them the way they are, or do they need to change? Um, I, I think they need to change. I think the change they made was in the right direction, but I think both teams getting to, um, you know, have the ball. I think that is the fairest and makes the most sense, uh, from there. That way you're, you're deciding the game on football talent and not on the toss of the coin. And, um, so I, I, I think it'd be good to make a change. The idea about the two point conversion, that's probably an improvement also, but I think if both teams at least get the ball, that would be better. Yeah. In my opinion, you do the two point conversion rule. You're just extending this a little further out. Eventually you're going to change the rule to everybody gets the ball. So why not just go ahead and make the change? I agree with you. I think you said it perfectly. The coin toss should not determine a ball game and, uh, over time, give both teams the opportunity, both offenses and both defenses, a chance to win the games for their teams. I agree with you a hundred percent there. All right, dad. Uh, next, next episode that you're on with me on Friday, we'll be talking about the major league baseball central division. Uh, we'll be previewing the Saturday final four games as well. Wednesday, join us for the local hour and we'll be covering EKU sports, working on getting Chris Prothrow, the head baseball coach, on the show for this weekend. We'll see if we can get that nailed down uh, as well. And then we'll continue our Major League Baseball preview, concluded actually on next Monday's episode, as we'll look at the West Divisions uh, there as well. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Sports Stove. And uh, make sure you like, review, share, subscribe this episode wherever you were listening to us today. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the